very, very pleasant day to you, and welcome to the time of fellowship. It is the fellowship service of the North Miami Harvest Time Assembly of God Church. Our members, friends, supporters, partners, and well-wishers are pleased that you have joined us online for the time of praise, this time of worship, prayer, and the ministry of the Word. As we lift our hearts to God together, we know that He will answer with a touch of His wonderful power. Draw near, my friend, and let us all experience more of His mercy, more of His grace, more of His power, and more of His love. He is here. Hallelujah. Wherever two or three are gathered together, He's there in their midst. Blessed be His name. Stay online with us, and you will be blessed. Let us look to the Lord in a moment of prayer. O oh God, our Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, for this moment, this moment when we are together, when we can meet with you and meet with each other, when we can give you the praise and the worship due to your holy name, when we can receive from you all we need to sustain us, to make us a blessing to others. Thank you, Father, for health, for family, for friends, brothers and sisters who are uh, supporting us in their prayer and their thoughts before you, who are supporting us in so many ways. Thank you for a place of shelter, for every provision you have made for us, for protection and for deliverance from evil. For, for Thank you for making ways for us where there seem to have been none. Thank you for your goodness and kindness and for every blessing. We appreciate all that you have done. And we take time before you, Father, to remember those who are going through their difficulties, financial, spiritual, family problems, legal conflicts, those facing employment difficulties. Lord, open doors for them. Bring them all out of their difficulties. Uh, let this be the turning point. Let things turn around for them from this time forward. Supply every need in Jesus' name according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus and supply the need above and beyond and over their need so that they will have abundance to share and to distribute to others who may be also in need. Send help to them and send it speedily. Grant them victory in all their struggles. Break down every wall. 
break every chain. Let the oppressed go free. We remember also children, our children, all children at home, at school, and at institutions of learning. Help them in their studies. Take a hold of teachers and instructors, the whole education system. Let truth and righteousness and godliness prevail at every level. Lead not our students into temptations, but deliver them from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Bring them out uh, of this, 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 their institution, their place of learning, not only with success, but bring them out also with victory, spiritual victory, personal victory, victory in life. Send a revival throughout our school system from the top to the bottom. We remember your church also, Lord, the leaders, the teachers, the workers, the members, the supporters, the active ones, Lord. You promised that you will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Show your people the way. Make ways for them. Set before them open doors so that the church would see greater development and expansion. Let the number of the disciples increase, multiply, and grow miraculously as you did for the church in the book of Acts. Lord, set your church on fire. Pour out your spirit, awakening those who are slumbering, arousing them and setting them upon their feet so that together we march forward, overcoming every foe. Revive us again. Fill our hearts with your love. May our souls be rekindled with fire from above. Give us all another Pentecost especially as the end is drawing near. Let your people arise as a mighty army forward in battle as we see the day approaching. We must have sheaves, Father, to lay at your feet. Help, help us, set us on fire ere the harvest passes by. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for touching everyone in tune at this hour and ministering to their every need. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, we want to look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. I originally intended to read from verse 1 to 4 but it is so interesting. I have to read from verse 1 to verse number 14, Matthew 24. And Jesus went out, verse 1 of Matthew 24, went out and departed from the temple.
the disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily, I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars, and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Matthew 24, verse 1 to verse number 14. Three of the Gospels, three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are referred to as the synoptic Gospel. Gospels, because they see the whole life of Jesus in about the same way. They present a similar view of the life of Jesus Christ. Matthew, in his work, is addressing the Jews. Mark is addressing the Romans. And Luke is addressing the wider Gentile world. However, as we look at Matthew 24, Mark chapter 13, and Luke chapter 21, we get the feeling as if we are reading the current news report in a magazine or newspaper or even watching the news on TV or online. The words of Jesus 2,000 years ago bear striking similarity 
to today's happenings around in our world. And to think you and I and our children and grandchildren are living in the days when the words of Christ are literally being fulfilled. They are played out in our ears, before our eyes, and even within our reach. These are Bible times, this age in which we live. A famous preacher of the 1950s titled one of his messages based on the events of the last days. The title, quote, is, the title is, quote, today's headlines written yesterday, end of quote. And I would modify that for myself by saying it this way. Tomorrow's headlines written 2,000 years ago. That preacher was the Reverend C.M. Ward who spoke on a program called Revival Time. He observed that the prophetic utterance of Jesus were actually coming into fulfillment in his day. That is in the 1950s. And today, the master's utterances are even clearer to this generation. Those predictions have become today's headlines. In the face of what we all are seeing and what we all know, there can be absolutely no doubt that what Jesus said 2,000 years ago can happen and is indeed happening in our day and in our time. We can see it for ourselves on our cell phones. We can see it on TV and in print. It is there for all to see, and I mean all, everywhere across the world. The words of Jesus are taking on life and light. The words of Jesus are exploding on the screen. The question of the last days and the return of Jesus came up when the disciples commented on the magnificence of the Jewish temple built for them by Herod. Jesus replied that the time is coming when there would not be left one stone upon another. It was 35 years later the Romans demolished Herod's temple. And two years after, they returned and rooted up the foundation to the extent where, it is said, a plow could be used to plow that land and make it suitable for sowing seed. The Lord's words were fulfilled in less than 40 years, Herod's temple, built for the Jews, was no more. He spoke, and 40 years later, it happened. 
the disciples, after hearing the comment concerning the temple, asked their master, our master, when shall these things happen? And what shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? It is to answer these questions here in Matthew 24 and 3 that Jesus presented them and us with a list of events that would take place. Some which are happening right now, this very hour, on this our, in this our own world and in real time, and others will take place after we have left miraculously through the rapture of the church. There are no less than 24 conditions that would prevail close to the time of the return of the Lord to earth. His return will definitely take place in two stages. One stage is known as the rapture. The next will take place seven years later at the close of the Great Tribulation. Believers in Christ are gearing to go up in the first resurrection, to go up at the time of the rapture. First Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, when Jesus returns in the rapture, his feet will not touch the ground. He will appear in the sky, according to uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. Please look it up in your spare time. But when he comes the second time, his feet will stand on Mount Olives, and that mountain will split in two. And uh, when he comes there, the whole world will see him at one time, some thought that this scripture is impossible for that to happen. But with all these uh, technologically, technological advancements, you could see anything anytime. When he lands, every eye will see him. And there is one group of people that will mourn and wail and moan because of him because they will see his hands and his feet, and they will remember Calvary. But what is there in Matthew 24 that makes it look like today's world? To mention just a few, I said there are probably like 24 predictions that will be taking place. I'll mention just three or four of them. First thing, is in verses 4 and 5, the culture of deception. Deception is the order of today's world. You never know where it is taking place, when it is taking place, and you never know if it is taking place even on you. Deception, verses 4 and 5. What about wars and rumors of wars? The North threatening the South, Russia and Ukraine, 
and other places that are not so publicized as those two places. Then famines. We hear about that all the time. Nations uh, in Africa and other places suffering because of lack of food, because of wars, because of the drought, and so on. And because of the various, no, not sufficient amount of rain in many places. So famines, pestilences. We don't have to tell anybody about this because everybody heard of COVID-19. They heard about Ebola. They heard about so many other pestilences that have swept the earth. Then what about earthquakes in diverse places? Yes, over 50,000 and counting perished in Turkey uh, just recent, a couple of weeks ago. All in our time and in the hour in which we live, this is not happening on the pages of history. This is happening right now, right in our time, and right before our very eyes. Yes, troublous times have come. This is the beginning of sorrows. It is not the case where we are expecting or anticipating things of these sorts. They are already at our door, our doorsteps, our front door, if you please. And readiness is not an option. It is our obligation. It must not be deferred. Now is the acceptable time. No one knows when any of these factors will kick in. And besides all this, life is set. Life itself is not in your hand or my hand. Life is in the hands of the Lord. In these days, death could step in suddenly and swiftly. Yes, and when it steps in, it steps in once. Second chances are not guaranteed. Once and only once, it comes knocking. And if God is ready, it will. death will not wait. These signs are screaming at you and me, screaming at us and saying, get up, wake up, be ready, be saved, receive the Savior in your heart. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Receive him. Confess him as your Savior. Forsake your own old way. Repent. Be sorry for your sin, and embrace the only one who, by himself, is able to save you through the cross and through his blood. So, these incidents are challenging us. 
to save ourselves from the worst that is to come. Save ourselves from an eternity where there is no repentance, no forgiveness, no pardon, just gloom, doom, and despair for all eternity. There is no reprieve, no release. Today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. From this list of turbulent times, there will be no escape for any man. To miss the rapture is to be forced to go through the tribulation. And hear what Jesus said about this great tribulation in Matthew 24 and 19. He said, For there, or rather, for then, for rather, for there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. That's Matthew 24, 19. Jesus said, for then there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world. If you think that Noah's flood was serious, the last days of this closing age will be far worse. And if you happen to pass on before the horrors of the tribulation, it does not mean you will escape. For God has arranged for all who do not make their peace with him in their lifetime to be consigned to the lake of fire. Revelation 20 and verse number 15. I have to read that in your hearing, so allow me to turn the pages here and find the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 20, and about verse number 12. Yes, here it is. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea, verse 13, gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, verse 15 of Revelation 20. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. You see, when you turn your life over to God and you repent, your name is written or entered in the book of life. And God is keeping that book. And as you 
continue to walk with Jesus and to live for him, your name remains in that book. And there are some who teach that once your name is in there, it cannot be taken out. No, 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 no. God promised one of those churches in Revelation that if you don't behave yourself, I will blot your name out of my book. So your name is there as long as you believe. If you rebel and turn away and turn back and fail to value your privilege of being a son of God, a child of God, it's easy for your name to be removed. So be true to Jesus. Stay true to him. And what is the reason for such an exercise where the wicked are cast into hell and so on? What's the reason for that? It is to bring to an end the disruptive rule and activity of Satan in God's world. The devil and his angels are a rebellious team against the living God of heaven and they're fighting a losing battle without realizing it. And the more they see the end coming near is the more they struggle against the plan of God and the people of God. Remember, the devil cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. In Genesis 3 and 15, the scripture states that the serpent, Satan, would bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. But the seed of the woman, who is Christ, will bruise the serpent's head. Yes, he will bruise the serpent's head. He will crush and break and shatter the head of the serpent. And of course, the head of the serpent is the most vulnerable part. Point. This end time consummation of things is to bring the devil's rule and rule to an end. He will be put away for keeps. When Jesus went to Calvary, Jesus got up from that affliction of death. Satan thought that he had won, but it was only but a crushing of the master's heel. Death could not keep Jesus down. Jesus didn't qualify to remain in the jaws of death. Satan tried, but there was no fault found in Jesus. Tempted in all points, Jesus was, yet without sin, he came back from the grave after spending a weekend there, so to speak. He came back from death, and because he lives, we too shall live. His blood frees us from all sin if we believe and trust in him. You are free today because of the blood of Jesus. And if the trumpet should blow right now, you will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and you will be safe. Why? 
because you are trusting in the precious blood of Jesus. He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and to receive you in his kingdom. The cross could not hold him down, neither could the grave. He was without guilt before the Father. He had to be acquitted. He had to be released. He had to be discharged. Death couldn't hold him. He does the same for all who believe on Christ today. Death cannot keep us down. So I encourage you, if you have Jesus, hold on to him. Don't let go. And if you don't have him, now is the time for you to repent and let Jesus come into your heart. Let us bow our heads for a moment of prayer, Father. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the clarity of the gospel, that if we believe on the Lord, we shall be saved and we shall live. If we believe not, we are already living under condemnation. I pray for everyone within the hearing of my voice. I pray for every relative near and far who as yet has not found the Savior. Save them. You said if we believe on you, we shall be saved and our house. We claim our house, our blood relatives, and we claim our friends and kindred. Have your way in our lives today, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen.